Welcome to Starman's Welcome podcast. To Starman. We are going to be talking about distant auras across other planets in our mm. solar system and beyond today. Does that excite you? Excites me. More auroras? Yeah. More auroras? Auroras? More auroras? Yes, because they're fucking crazy. Hell yeah. So if you haven't listened to our last aurora borealis episode, yes, then go listen to that first because you're going to need the science behind the auroras. Yeah. I'm basically, I'm not going to dive into the science or behind aurora how Australis. aurora astralis and borealis. Yeah, um, both I'm not going to go into the science too much about how auroras work or where they come from. I'm assuming you know where they come from. Right. But we're going to be talking about interactions with other planets. and If not, go listen to our last yeah. two episodes ago, actually, because there'll be one between. Yep. So. Um, but uh, this one warranted an entire other episode. It's just so unique and interesting and sort of off topic from all the stuff that I explained in the last Aurora episode. So, you know, let me uh, check in with you first. How, how have things been? How are you? With me? Yeah. I'm good. Who do you got there? I've got a, a shitty little puppy <laughs> who is insisting on sitting in my lap right you should, now. Uh, you should definitely post an Instagram photo of, of him. I will post an Instagram photo for the, the team. Smile. I'm taking it right now. <laughs> <laughs> check the Instagram. We'll at check Starman's the Instagram. podcast. At Starman Pod. Star, fuck. Never mind. Starman. <laughs> I'm really, I'm actually tired today. You're tired all the time. I work really hard all the time. That's well, why. Maybe you should take a nap. I would love to take a nap, but we're recording, so because right. I have to work tomorrow. The people need tomorrow, their tomorrow Saturday. Yep. What the crap, dude? Just a couple hours, but I'm good. How have you been? I'm good. You know. You're on your month vacay. I'm on. Which a... you 100% deserve. That's debatable. No, yeah, I'm it's on. Not. I'm on vacation, taking it's not it easy. Debatable. This week was uh, sort of ruined by the fact that I have insomnia. But other than that, I'm hoping the next three weeks will go well. I think you'll settle in. It's hard to, like, have nothing to do. It almost is worse. It makes your, your brain, like, feel like you have to be doing something, even though in reality you should just be relaxing. It's like the relaxation guilt. Yeah, definitely. It is. So It is. I do feel guilty. If you're comfortable with procrastination, then you probably sleep well at night when you have a to-do list. Or you can stare at the wall like me or wake up at 3 a.m. and go clean the bathroom. So... I uh, yeah. I will not be doing that, but... Oh, well, okay. <laughs> anyway. I, oh, my underwear is on normal today. That's good. I'm I was glad. listening to an epi- our, one of our episodes on the way here from the gym, and I actually was like, oh, shit, I got to check my undies, and I checked driving, <laughs> so I didn't crash either. Uh, I was like, oh, shit, what are, what are the odds? But no, I'm good. You're Great. good? I'm good. Right uh, side out? Everything checks Maybe out Maybe it's just a couple flukes. A couple flukes, so, Yeah. All right, well, let's get into it. Yeah, so let me paint the picture for you. Um, We're going to be talking about a few planets in particular, um, and then kind of recapping at the end on what auroras on other planets even mean for us, because they're important to know. So 4.5 billion years ago... Fuck! Jupiter, our (gasps) solar system's... One of the most beautiful planets. First, and our solar system's first planet. Is it? Yeah, was born... Out of primordial stardust. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Named after the king of the ancient Roman gods, Jupiter was destined for greatness. Jupiter is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Is is debatable. It might be the prettiest planet we have. The, a all lot the of people, swirls. A lot of people like, what is it, Neptune? Saturn. People love Saturn. Well, it's the fuck, fuck the rings. 
And Saturn's losing its rings. And Saturn isn't the only planet with rings either. There no. are other planets with rings. We should talk about why Saturn's losing their rings. Do you happen to know? Uh, yeah, it's water vapor or vapor. So, it, but vaporizing. why? Out of ran- like out of the blue, though. Well, it's just de- it's just debris at the end of the day. It's just debris circling around it at high speeds and evaporating. But it's like getting thinner though, because Saturn was like a lot of yeah, a lot of rings, and then now they're like going away yeah. so yeah. i mean so it won't be in our <laughs> lifetime but <laughs> sorry <laughs> it won't be in our lifetime but um but eventually saturn won't have any rings at all right it'll just be a normal it'll be a planet normal old planet stop it kids sorry god anyways yeah oh well jupiter is beautiful Tis. uh so jupiter is uh the fifth planet from the sun yes and the largest planet in our solar system oh it is about 11 Earths wide, and its surface is covered with a thick, dense layer of clouds. So its core may be seemingly dense, uh, but it's actually a liquid center. So the, its layers are made up of metallic hydrogen, liquid hydrogen, and gaseous, gaseous hydrogen. Metallic um, hydrogen? Mm-hmm. Metallized hy- hydrogen. It's so dense that it turns into like a metallic is it a liquid metal it's liquid yeah okay the whole thing from core to outer you just said that Mm -hmm. that. yep all right anyways uh it would be impossible for any human to stand on the surface of jupiter fun fact because of the well if you exclude the atmosphere why would it be the gravity would crush you well we exclude the gravity even um you'd be standing in a pool of liquid hydrogen if you just die, you would instantly. die. You that would be able to breathe. Every, everything about Jupiter is everything humans cannot have anywhere near them, or technology really, which mm-hmm. is why we haven't um, sent too many rovers anywhere near Jupiter, um, close to the surface. I think we did send one, and it we lost communication as soon as it hit its atmosphere, and we, we don't have the technology to no. withstand nothing. Nothing on Earth right now would really survive on jupiter so right um its composition is made up of 75 percent hydrogen as you can imagine it's mostly hydrogen yeah um 24 helium and less than one percent other less than one percent other other what's which, another um there's some stuff i don't I can okay. remember argon sure other elements yeah um and versus by the way the sun which is 92 percent helium and eight percent hydrogen or i'm sorry 92% hydrogen and 8% helium, 1% other. Okay. Well, and that... Roughly 8%. It's like 7.9% and then like less than 0.1% other. And this is which planet again? We're talking about the sun now. This, oh, the sun. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought you. it was interesting that the composition was exactly the same mix up of what the sun hydrogen was. Hydrogen and hydrogen and helium. helium. Primarily, yeah. primarily hydrogen and some helium. The sun is no different, just has a lot more hydrogen. Yeah. Um, even well the percentages aren't that far off they're not too bad yeah it's, no. it's kind of interesting how, it is very interesting how just that subtle difference makes the difference between a, nu- a nuclear solar power plant mm. and a gigantic planet so anyway mm. um the color of jupiter is uh due to the chemical makeup of each surrounding area in the gas you can kind of see where this is going with the auras because uh, auroras because we talked about um the chemical composition of our own atmosphere and how the colors impact that. Right. Um, 
little bit of foreshadowing. That is not how auroras work on Jupiter, but it's important to talk about. So we'll we'll dive into that. Right. So each surrounding area it, around Jupiter's surface um, is various gases in a shitstorm of of like high wind, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, causing it to shift colors. That's why those uh, new pictures from I'm James, James Webb. Webb. It looks just fucking crazy. That's a sick, that'd be a sick tattoo. Those colors, those swirls. Yeah. If you guys haven't looked it up, you're a fucking loser. Yeah. Because this (laughs) is like weeks now. Weeks. So, um. (laughs) Okay, maybe not a loser. (laughs) No, you're, sorry, Big L. Big L. Big L. Go 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 fucking look. It's James Webb. It's the James Webb. If you're listening to Star Mint's podcast, fucking go look at James Webb. Yeah, for sure. Bruh. So anyway, yeah, Jupiter is uh, well known for its uh, great red spot. I was just... (laughs) What, you are just going to say that? Yes, I was like, why is the circle on fucking Jupiter? What is the eyeball? So it is a crimson raging storm that has been in motion for over 300 years. Does it move around the planet? Yes. Fuck off with that death shit. It is basically the most terrifying universal hurricane of shitstorm that has ever occurred ever and it's just constantly fueled oh yeah and that's why it's just keeps the going. raging storm is just right. you have the top and the bottom causing it it will go away over time it's actually been shrinking oh boo i wanted to get bigger mm. no um <laughs> i really do because yeah, that'd be I, sick I, I put in a little fun fact it won't be a storm forever it's just so massive and has so much inertia that it will take a very long time for the storm to calm down that it that is in I had no idea it was a storm. Yeah, it's basically is, a hurricane. Fuck, yeah, but on crack. Oh yeah. Like on the best crack. Yeah. Times four thousand seven hundred eighty one. Yes. Um, fun fact, <laughs> the wind speeds of the red spot can reach up to four hundred miles per hour, which is two point five times faster than a category, a category five, five hurricane. What? Earth, yeah. Um, and Jupiter at the moment has about seventy nine recorded moons. That's another little fun fact. So going back to the spot, so mm-hmm. it's red. So James Webb, he took the picture. It's red on that picture. Why is it white on the other? Or is it just the... Oh, because they used... They used um, a filter? But they used a different uh, spectrum to look at it. Oh, okay. Which we're actually going to talk about in a is few Is it minutes, actually yeah. red, though? Like, it's to actually a crimson. human eye? Yeah, it's okay. like a crimson color. A red through. fucking bloody storm. Yeah, with a powerful enough telescope, you can actually see it with your own eye. The storm. That's one of my, like, life goals. I saw the rings on Saturn with my own eyes, just through a telescope. It's fu- it, I can't even explain to you how different. Scary. How, yeah, because you're just it's staring. Humbling. You're just looking at this like planet floating. Yeah. In space. It's like looking at you. And it's you. fucking huge. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's real. Oh, that's only like two million light years away. <laughs> it's not two million, but <laughs> it's like eight minutes. Light, eight, light eight, minutes. Light minutes. Something like that. Actually, no, that's yeah. to the sun. Well, and it's probably close. It's close. It's like 16 light minutes. <laughs> anyway, um, I did want to kind of brush on Jupiter's moons while we're on Jupiter. Yes, because please. it's super cool. I'm only going to talk about a few. But uh, the ones that are like notable, like if we were to give awards out to Jupiter's moons, these would be the three or four moons that like should get the Emmy awards for best performance. Sure. So Io, which, and I didn't know this after the until the research that I did on this, it's the most volcanically active body in the solar system 
It's got volcanoes. Fuck yeah, good thing it's we just moon. did St. Yeah, Helens. I know. It's a moon with volcanoes. <laughs> that How is cool is that? Fucking sweet. Right? Um, I want a volcanic moon. Right? So this I know. is I-O, like two I-O. letters. I-O, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, Ganymede, which is the largest uh, moon, um, is actually larger than the planet Mercury. Wow. That's fucking huge. That is fucking huge. Its moon is bigger than a planet. So how do we... I feel like we never see the moons. Oh, you do. If you, I mean, if you looked at a telescope at Jupiter, you'd actually just see a bunch of um, circles surrounding it. Huh. Um, and in fact, uh, I, I didn't write this down, but uh, this is something that I brushed on. Mm-hmm. I think it was William Herschel or someone had discovered Jupiter through uh, just a regular old telescope. And they actually thought the moons around it were individual planets. planets. Yeah. But Ju- so Jupiter is the largest in our solar system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. And what was the name of the last moon again? One more time. Ganymede. Ganymede. With a Y. G-A-N-Y-M-E-D-E. I'm trying, cool. I'm trying to pull up a picture. Oh, it's really cool. Saturn's 79 light minutes. 79. That's a little away. over an hour. That's a long ways away. Yep. Anyways. So um, and then uh, Callista and Europa both have liquid water on them. Didn't we consider living on Europa? Is Not that a living, thing? but if we were to find life in our solar system, it would be on Europa. Europa. Is that what's special about it? Yeah, it's got an ocean. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have really an atmosphere, though, so that's the problem. It has geysers that, like, the ice breaks and splits. Yeah. And the, the like, pressure. the pressure and the, there's no atmosphere. It just shoots out geysers of water. Just into the squeeges. Space. Yeah. Splooges. Squ- splooges. Water into the, the into space. Into the universe, yeah. Into the universe, literally. <laughs> literally. Holy shit. So, um... The uh, moons are, like, a whole... Oh, yeah. NASA's got really good, um like biographies of each um, yeah look at that like that yeah. is gorgeous oh yeah F- fucking gorgeous. so that's back to ganymede yep but oh wow yeah. so these moons are born from jupiter's insanely massive gravitational pull on its surrounding celestial body makes sense jupiter is also so large it actually has an influence on other planets growth in the beginning of the formation of other planets and Earth might have been two times the size as it is now if Jupiter didn't form first. Whoa. Yeah. Would that make it probably different, like, not for human life? If it, it was a different size, probably not, correct. right? Correct. We are in, like, such a Goldilocks zone. We are literally we a our... fucking lucky yeah. speck. The it... luckiest, most outrageous speck that we're sitting here with our fucking Cheetos right now. Mm-hmm. We have Cheetos? No. Oh. You got me all excited. <laughs> Steak. Anyway. Um, that's insane. Stop. I'm going to have an existential crisis. Yeah. So Jupiter is important. That's that's the whole idea here. So yes. I'm going to kind of circle back to auroras on Earth real quick. Okay. To recap very quickly. Um, the sun shoots out plasma. Mm-hmm. It, the plasma traverses through the, through the universe at an insanely high speed and hits all of these gravitational fields... Uh, including Earth, mm-hmm. and travels up and down the north and south uh, gravitational or uh, magnetic fields. Of Think Earth. of a river go- or water going over a river stone over the top and bottom. Sure. Blue. Yep, and that's what causes the north and southern auroras on Earth. Because mm-hmm. um, they're focal points, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that's sort of how it works on Jupiter. At least you can keep that concept of, okay, there's solar winds, 
and they hit a, magne- a magnetic field of the planet, mm-hmm. and they form on the top and bottom. Mm-hmm. But Jupiter is a little bit unique um, because it was actually... It, you cannot see Jupiter's um, auroras with the naked eye. They're outside of the spectrum of human eye light. Similar to like our daytime auroras, right? Uh, no, daytime auroras you could actually see. Oh. Um, because in that case, remember, it's, um, it's photons, light. Right. Which we can observe. It's just harder to see in the daytime. On, um, on Jupiter, hmm. it's X-ray light. Mm. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, light because there was a discovery by Johann Wilhelm Ritter mm-hmm. in 1801 where he noticed that invisible light beyond the optical region of the electromagnetic spectrum darkened silver chloride. He was doing, he was conducting an experiment on the electromagnetic spectrum of colors, right? Mm-hmm. He takes a prism, puts it up to the window, light hits it, it refracts onto a wall, right? And shows you like a rainbow, mm-hmm. okay? Now, what he wanted to do is measure the temperature between each spectrum to see if there was a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this is 1801. This is the first time anybody had ever thought of this. Right. This is fucking crazy. He split sunlight using a, a prism. And then um, used the darkening of um, uh, silver chloride to determine the temperature. Okay. And he accidentally, when he was done with the experiment, he measured and found that uh, lighter waves like blue and purple mm-hmm. are actually technically colder than those of red on the other side of the spectrum. Are they lower frequency too? Uh, yes. Lower, red is lower frequency on like the blue side of spectrum and yes. higher frequency on the red side. Yep. Um, and this was a, an amazing discovery on its own, right? For sure. Just close the book, call it a day. That's an amazing find that solidifies that, uh, the electromagnetic spectrum are waves and those wave functions can be measured by temperature. Mm-hmm. So great, great experiment. You know, it's all good. It's all Gucci. He puts the silver chloride down next to the electromagnetic spectrum so Mm -hmm. to the right of red where Mm -hmm. he can no longer see and he goes and does his measurements and and writes everything down and he comes back to the experiment later and by accident he finds that to the right of the red on the uh, spectrum the temperature is actually higher than what it was in red Mm -hmm. and he goes what the hell is this what am i looking at here uh so he starts measuring the room right? Temperature of the room. Maybe it's just hotter in the room for some reason. And then goes back to it and finds that the more further right he goes off what he can see, the higher the temperature for some reason. And this is off the scale, right? Yeah, this off is the scale. Ha- this is not between red and blue. This right. is like beyond Beyond red. it. He just happened to place it there right. by accident. Right. Or not by accident. He just put it there. Took his measurements because he wanted to do out, in, 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 right. in, in, out. Yeah. But he found that anything to the right of red that he could not see, just, just on the wall. Mm-hmm was a higher temperature than the room. And so he deduced, based off that information, that there are other... Mag- spectrums, not magnetic fields. Right, there are, other, there are other wavelengths that right. we cannot see. Because they're so tight, right. and they're so like condensed together. Right. Thus, tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah. Thus being born the discovery of X-ray, ultraviolet, mm-hmm. all of these like amazing things and tools that we use today and in the medical field... MRI, and CT. And MRIs and CTs. All of that was born based off of an accident. Mm-hmm. A total a total accident. Total an an amazing discovery. And we found with that information, hab- potentially habitable planets in our universe, discovered med- medical phenomenon that couldn't previously be explained. Mm-hmm. So 
again, we're going to bring it back to Jupiter's auroras. Now that we know all of that information, we had discovered Jupiter had auroras by looking at it through the X-ray spectrum. Right. Thanks to the Hubble Space Telescope. Thank you. Thanks, Hubble. Bless. So scientists found that the, the pulsating X-ray auroras are caused by a fluctuations of Jupiter's magnetic fields. As the planet rotates, it drags around its magnetic field, which is unique. And the magnetic field is struck directly by the particles of the solar wind and then compressed. Mm -hmm. Since they are X-ray light, it is not visible with the human eye, as we know. These compression uh, compressions heat particles that are trapped in Jupiter's magnetic field. This triggers a phenomenon called the electromagnetic ion cyclotron, or EMIC, waves. Whoa. And uh, in which the particles are directed along field lines. So if you actually look at a picture of Jupiter's auroras, they're actually very unique and perplexing. It's actually a um, sort of a circle, like an onion ring shaped aurora. Ours aren't that far off, though. They're kind of like, but they're little half moons because they, they do stretch across. Well, yeah. Similar, right? Sort of. Our Except ours are like, right? because it's the waves off of the sun. Right. Ours are ionized plasma interacting with particles in the atmosphere. So it's like a soup, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I described it last time as entropy. Yes. It's like just total random, like, and that's what makes it look so cool and wavy. Right. But Jupiter's is very uniform and it's always the same. It's always a ring and it always, the auroras spin along the ring and never really go inside. Okay. And so that whole description of the EMIC and and its electromagnetic fields being dragged across it, basically, you can deduce that the the electromagnetic fields of Jupiter are mm-hmm. so large and massive that they can actually just alter that solar wind. Right. Which is crazy. It kind of makes sense because of the, the gravitational force it has, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's... it's so big, it attracts all these planets. I'm not surprised its magnetic field is so mm-hmm. huge. Right. Yeah, if you, again, I know I said to Google, um, like, uh, Earth's magnetic fields to see, like, the field lines. If you Mm -hmm. do Jupiter's, it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's crazy. To recap, what is an X-ray? An X-ray is produced when a negatively charged electrode is heated by electricity and an electron is released, thereby producing energy. So, whereas on Earth, an aurora, uh, or the solar winds store the energy by throwing um, an electron into an orbital state and then releasing a photon. This is a little bit different. It basically charges the electrons and produces energy. So it's a little bit different. So. The magnetic field on Jupiter is fucking wild. Earth is like eight little lines. Mm. Jupiter is like fucking 90. Like, yeah. Like, it's it's totally crazy. It's insane. Wow. So it's safe to say that Earth auroras and Jupiter's auroras are both caused by solar wind interaction, but the way ener- energy is emerged is completely different. Here on Earth, auroras are caused by the interaction between ionized solar winds interacting with the chemical makeup of the current state of our atmosphere, directed by Earth's magnetic, magnetic fields. Mm-hmm. On Jupiter, ionized solar winds get caught in a melange of complex magnetic fields until it's cause, and cause until it causes an X-ray on the surface of Jupiter. Even more perplexing than that, 
is that auroras we observe on either side of Jupiter are oval-shaped and travel along the edges, unlike anything we have observed on Earth. So anyway, that's Jupiter. Um, I'm done talking about Jupiter. Um, no. And I'm going to move o on over to only one other planet because the other ones, they, they all are like totally unique. And I could talk a lot about all of them. But... You could do an, a single episode on each planet, Aurora. <laughs> I mean, maybe not a whole episode, but there's just a lot. Sure. So, but there's another one that I found really interesting. Mercury? Saturn. Oh, of course. Saturn's Aurora. And it's fucking rings. Yes. Mercury does have some, though. Um, yeah. But anyway. Saturn is cool. Yes. I thought Saturn was very interesting. So um, Saturn uh, was 810 million miles away when the Hubble Space Telescope took an ultraviolet image of this planet, revealing for the first time a vivid auroral display rinsing thousands of miles above the cloud tops over both of the planet's poles. That was from NASA, by the way. Thank you, NASA. Um, these spectacular light shows are caused by an energetic solar wind that sweeps over the planet, much like it does on Earth. However, unlike Earth, Saturn's auroras can be seen only in the ultraviolet light spectrum. So basically, the reason I wanted to cover it... Sorry, my puppy, guys. It's all good. He's just guzzling. No, please continue. Saturn. Yes, yeah, so the the reason I picked Saturn for this was because I thought it was cool that we can see Earth's auroras with our own eyes. Right. We can see Jupiter's with X-ray, and we can see Saturn's with ultraviolet. It's like, right. how many auroras are there, really? And how many have we not discovered because right. we haven't looked at it through the right telescope yet? Or the right spectrum or the right filter and right. stuff. So. Like, we wouldn't have known any of those existed before. Right. And Saturn's the next planet in line, too. Mm. I just want to... Looked up the order and I was like, "Oh, yep, cool." And you said NASA had gotten a picture of its auroras. Yes, if you type it, if you just do like a Google search for Saturn's auroras, you'll see NASA.gov. I'm assuming. Well, Hubble has a picture. Yeah, James Webb. Yes, I'm assuming James Webb is working on getting that too. Um, yeah, it's got. I mean, it's got a lot on its plate right now. What are they? What's side note? What's their? What's what are they doing? Just everything? Basically updoing everything? I'm not really sure the exact plans of James Webb, but I know that they're going back to uh, Hubble's. A lot of Hubble, what Hubble has done. They want to where, reproduce it, right? Right, where they were like, well, we don't have enough information here. Let's see so, if we can do more And info. so they're retaking. That's why we've seen a lot of the same sort of side by side. Like here's James Webb versus Hubble. Right. They're going back to those areas because, I mean, they took, I mean, there's a reason they chose those areas. Um, to begin with, with Hubble, and right. now it's revealing even more about those areas. So, okay, I doubt that. I mean, I'm sure James James Webb will eventually catch Saturn's auroras, but right. whether it's on the laundry list, you know, towards the top or bottom, who knows? Um, well, with Saturn and its UV auroras, it looks like a splooge circle with the color. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a red, like you know, kind of gaseous splooge. Um, <laughs> So the images reveal ripples and overall patterns that evolve slowly, appearing generally fixed in our view and independent of the planet's rotation. These variations indicate that the auroras are primarily shaped and powered by a tug of war between Saturn's magnetic fields and the flow of charged particles from the sun. So to sort of recap um, on Saturn's auroras, it's like an interaction between the gravity and the actual solar winds. What is he doing? He's licking his paws. Oh. Okay. 
study of Saturn's auroras began um, as early as 1979 when the Pioneer 11 spacecraft observed a far ultraviolet brightening on the sun on Saturn's poles. Um, the Saturn flybys of Voyager 1 and 2 in the early 1980s then provided a basic description of the planet's enormous magnetic field. A dumbass question. Those were just sent out until we got no more information back from them and they just kept going, right? Voyagers? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they were. They never one. return. Right. I like, we send a lot of probes out, not expecting them to ever come back, but we just right. gather information from them until we can't Correct. reach that anymore. They're out of distance? Uh, out of range? Yeah, I mean, it would have to shoot, like, a light beam for and send information at us, and even then it would take a long, long time before we get back from it. Right. Um, we actually knew this about those, and we, we equipped them with... Um, do you not know about this? This is fucking crazy. No, I don't um, know shit about the, the probes we send out. So there's actually these yeah, discs that we sent out to aliens that we put on these Voyagers. So when they we send them off, if something happened to come across it, they might be able to decipher it, find out where we're located. Yep. Oh, we gave we them doing... directions on the where we are. Why the fuck are we doing that? Yep. That Okay, that sounds like a dumbass idea. Yep, we gave them directions on where Earth is. We gave them our human history. We we sent them music that they could play. We actually have, like, little discs, that, and it comes with Please a little Please tell me it's stylus. Elton John. Uh, I think it's the Beatles, actually, is one of them. I think, like, imagine all the people or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. But we sent the music, and so there's a little stylus you can pluck off, and, like, it gives you directions on how fast to... S- I'm not even kidding. Why did you send thing. out Backstreet Boys? <laughs> <laughs> Dirty pop. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I just, it was the worst. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. That's a really cool. Uh, that is fucking wild. Really cool Why thing. are we doing that? We need to stop doing that. Yeah, we've done it a bunch. We could, oh, I'd love to learn more about those fucking probes. Like what they're made of. Hmm. How much... How much they cost? Probably a lot. Probably millions. And then we're just like, well, let's just shoot it up, send it out, fuck off, literally mm. for eternity. Right. Until we stop gathering information. I do know the um, material they used for the disc actually has a, like, really l- long half-life. And so based on the information that we provide on the disc, they can mm. actually discern how old it is. Wow. Um, so, like, we went we went all out on it. Carl Sagan did a lot of work. With um, designing you, you them. can't half-ass these things, right? Because then there's Feynman. no hope. Yeah, you know you're you're checked and checked and checked and checked for months and months and months and months, double checked. Be like, well, what about this? Did we plan for this? This is this. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so I wanted to sort of end it with like, so why do we study auroras in the first place? Like, what's the point other than they're just fucking gorgeous and like pretty? Mm. Um, well, evidence and research in other uh, plant planets auroras could tell us a story that we didn't know before according to the european space agency quote it could be that emic waves play an important role in transferring energy from one place to another across the cosmos so studying jupiter's auroras could tell us a lot about transporting data or information very quickly it also could be good to study them to learn more about our own like i mentioned before in the previous episode of auroras It takes a snapshot of the current state of the chemical makeup of our own atmosphere, just based on the color alone. If we could understand how auroras interact with different chemical makeups, we may be able to learn more about other uh, other planets, uh, either in our own atmosphere or better yet, uh, atmospheres on potentially habitable planets in the future. 
right? So if we are able to hone in on an exoplanet that could be potentially habitable, and the James Webb Telescope sees auroras on it that are green-blue, well, then there's no more information that we need to know other than that atmosphere is made up of hydrogen, helium, or not hydrogen, helium, um, what was it? Nitrogen. Nitrogen and oxygen. So we know that it has an atmosphere, it has electro... Nitrogen is purple and blue, oxygen is green. Right. Yeah. So I, there was a really good picture, that comet picture. I'm trying to actually find that right now. Oh, yeah. But So, yeah, we could use all that information to just visually see what chemical makeups of other planets could be. Right. Um, a quick blip, too. Yeah. I mean, like I said, all you need to know about a green-blue aurora is that that planet has a magnetic field. It has solar winds and uh, that are nearby, and uh, it has uh, potentially nitrogen and oxygen in its atmosphere. Wow. So it's really cool, and it's a cool thing to study. There's a lot of implications, and a lot of the times with science, we don't really know what we're looking for answers. You know, we're just kind of asking questions. But that's right. the joy of it, because then we might come across something that we didn't know could have been a solution all along. Right. Yeah. So I want to correct myself. So colors, nitrogen, oxygen are red. Iron is um, yellow. Calcium is purple. Sodium is orange. Magnesium is greenish tealish and you know when we see the auroras they're mostly blue and green mm -hmm. so it's mostly magnesium potentially no no um, isn't it mostly nitrogen in our atmosphere that's so. um i can tell you for certain in a second yes because again we think of mostly green purple blues at least the borealis not the australis yeah, so this is this is a quote from NASA.gov. Oxygen atoms release photons at longer wavelengths, so you get colors like green, green. yellow, or red. Yeah. Whereas nitrogen atoms release high-frequency light, which is blue. Blue-purple. So it's a mixture of green-blue. Yeah, oxygen-nitrogen. Okay, that's what I just looked it up. So maybe, so what I looked up was a meteor falling. That was meteor. So oh, that's meteors. not the same as no. something in our atmosphere. Well, kind of, is it... When the auroras happen, are they in our atmosphere itself or around our atmosphere? Well, it depends on what you define as aurora, because an aurora is ionized plasma from the sun interacting with an atmosphere. Our greeny, ghosty looking things. Yeah. So is it in our, under, in our atmosphere? It's in our atmosphere. So maybe it's different out there, the meteors that shoot by, because it's out of our atmosphere. Yeah, meteor meteors colors could be. I mean, it's all and based they have off metals and right, right. but they it's have different. it's not. Um, well, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. There's. I'm sure the science behind it is is pretty crazy. They probably have again different affects outside of the atmosphere versus inner for color wise, but mm -hmm. yeah, okay. But it makes sense though. It does, hmm. and in conclusion, last thing I'll say about auroras today is that they're not only just pretty to look at, but they're the universe's tools of chemical and magnetic measurement, which I think is really cool. That is super cool. It's like a universal tool that we have at our, at our own disposal that we don't have to, we just have to observe it. That's mm -hmm. all we have to do. But it Take tells a picture. Us a yeah. Tells us a lot about the atmosphere. So I hope the next time you guys see an aurora, at least on Earth, that um, the thought crosses your mind that you're looking at a snapshot of the atmosphere's chemical makeup. No, we're looking at the sun fucking blasting us with solar flares. Yeah. And that we are miraculously protected by our awesome magnetic field. Yeah. I'm not a religious man, but it is pretty 
crazy that like on every other scenario it's like well this could kill us this could kill us this could kill us this could kill us but earth just it just has enough to sustain everything like every air it's like it's like oh well you know gravity could tear us apart it's like well we're actually far enough away where gravity can't tear us apart right well what about solar winds they should be slapping you in the face like well we have this magnetic field and an atmosphere that so happens to be thick enough to protect us just barely right and sustain oxygen for life right and evolution yeah and it's like you know it's just crazy how everything lined up perfectly yeah (laughs) <laughs> literally perfectly. Literally perfectly. Like, we are a fucking miracle. Mm-hmm. Again, to be sitting here with whatever your fucking snack of choice is. Mm-hmm. And your MacBook Pro. Indeed. Yankee Candle. Life is quite... Uh, and pumpkins. Quite crazy. Crazy. Well, we hope you keep listening. Yeah. Um, if you uh, have any suggestions for any other future podcasts, please let us know at our Gmail, um, which is starmanspodcast at gmail.com, or join us on Instagram, where I will be definitely posting pictures of auroras after oh, this. I can't wait. As we release them. Do we... Uh, at Starman's Podcast. Yeah. We got to release um, more like teasing Images. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, we can. We can do that. I just need the images and to know what's next in line and i can totally do that cool i try to release some the same day that we release an episode too so you can like right. reference yeah but yeah dope um you want to tell uh the audience what your next topic is gonna be no nah, I'm, I'm gonna actually keep it a surprise this time why just i don't know i just want to <laughs> it's nothing everyone's gonna be like oh that's it but yeah it's just interesting. Okay. Mysterious it's episode. Not a natural disaster, I'll tell you that. It's a place, multiple places, actually, basically countries that you can visit with cool stuff in them. Dope. Dope. Like New Zealand? No, UK. All right, I'll stop asking questions. UK. Yeah, I'll give you UK. All right, cool. Uh, we, will guys, we, we, will, we will, guys, we guys, we will see you guys. We will guys, guys see you later laugh. I just had an aneurysm. Nope, you didn't. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm looking right at you. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.